Bhagavad Gita is a book of mankind's collected experience of and answers to life's most basic questions. Who I am? From where do I come? What is my purpose and destiny? And most practically, how do I find happiness? These podcasts originate in the lectures of Neil Bhatt, a disciple of Swami Chinmayananda. They are presented here in 20 to 30 minute segments, each covering three of the Gita's 701 verses. Welcome to Gita Wisdom for Daily Living. We had been discussing chapter 9, Raja Vidya, Raja Guhya Yoga, Yoga of Royal Secret and Royal Knowledge. So, so far, we have seen that in the beginning, Bhagavan said that I'm going to give you this secret which will help you get rid of all sorrows in your life. Implication is that sorrow is a very inherent part of any life. It's not that in the modern life that we have sorrows. Obviously, 3,500 years ago, 5,000 years ago also, the sorrow was considered a common thread of everybody complaining. So it almost by default becomes a quest of life to just remove sorrows. Consistently seeking happiness by eliminating sorrow. Happiness cannot be defined by itself. But as long as I don't have any sorrows, then I consider myself to be happy. So otherwise, we consistently have a difficulty in defining what happiness is all about. Just like the definition of cold. Mechanical engineers can tell you there is nothing called cold. It's just absence of heat is cold. Heat is something you can detect. Cold is something, is just the absence of. So absence of sorrow is the state which I'm trying to achieve. So Bhagavan said, that state is, according to your dharma, easy to practice and realizable. There is nothing theoretical about this. There is nothing hypothetical about this. The state is very easy to achieve as long as you understand your own swadharma. Once you know what your dharma is and act accordingly, thou shall know what the state of sorrowlessness is. With that, he continued to explain to us what is that state. With that state where you identify with yourself. Right now, the biggest secret is, is there a God? Is there someone who has control over this universe? And what is my relationship with him? Secret is, I do not know who I am. Knowledge would be that self which is all-pervading. And myself is nothing but one and the same. That's a secret right now. I can't really understand my relationship with him. So Bhagavan continues his identification first and say, What is the nature of the self? is the self, the supreme self, is all-pervading. Maya, tatam, idam, sarvam. In this world, there is nothing that I am not pervading there. In other words, there is nothing which is other than me in this universe, in this jagat that you consider yourself to be part of. And then he said, but all these beings are in me and I am not in them. In the next sentence he says, but they are also not in me giving us this relationship-less relation. 
This is where I have a difficulty because their relationship with my God is really no relation. As long as two exist, they are detached from each other. Once I remove the parallax about that self and this self, then it becomes very clear that there is no difference. So Bhagavan continues, gives us his explanation that how this world works. At the end of the cycle of creation, all beings come to me. At the beginning of the next cycle, I send them all back into the Prakriti, because that Prakriti is also very part of my nature, my dharma. To express myself as Prakriti is also my dharma, as the Supreme Self, as the Samasti. Just as I create my world every morning, and I recede back into deep sleep every night, the cycle continues for the Samasti as well. And therefore, the one who is suffering, the only prescription is to understand what is their relationship. So we continue, and Bhagavan said, why some people can understand it, and some people can't understand it. So the moga asa, moga karma. By me putting the wrong value where my happiness lies, create confusion. So all the efforts I put in life are determined by where I think that state of sorrowlessness is. And as soon as I get there, I realize plenty of sorrow is even there. So Bhagavan said that one who has recognized rightfully where the state is, he will be able to achieve that. And he calls them Mahatma, the great soul who figured out that the only one place and one place alone I can experience this sorrowlessness is, is when I identify with the Supreme Self. And Bhagavan gives a very good analogy that even though I'm constantly engaged in creating this universe, in dissolving this universe, that action of my own does not bind me. Because I'm udasinvat asinaha. I remain indifferent to that activity. Because it is very part of my nature. Very part of the nature of the ocean is to have waves. That ocean cannot get upset about too many waves. It's the very nature of the ocean to have waves. So Bhagavan said, I remain indifferent. By very nature, the Prakriti functions. And I send these people back and forth, the Bhutagramam, Imam, collection of the beings, without having any choice, they go back and forth, driven by their own vasanas and desire. What I'll be tomorrow morning when I wake up again will be exactly the same when I went to sleep. Because I went to sleep with all those desires and vasanas, and I wake up and start all over again. So he said, that's the nature of this world. The only way to get out of this cycle would be to understand my relationship with him. And then we have seen that even the people who are most accomplished, Trividya, Somapaha, Putapapaha, the most accomplished and the good doers, even they cannot achieve this state unless they understand this very fact that the only state exists where there is no sorrows is when you identify with the Supreme. Otherwise, they will come and go in their cycle of doing things and experiencing. So we have seen that that's the path of going and coming back. Therefore, we want to just doing good is not good enough. 
doing good with understanding why I am doing it is what will give you results. So without understanding what the source of my sorrow is, the source of my sorrow, Bhagavan said, is your ego, which identifies with all accomplishments and failures. As long as I keep identifying with my accomplishments and sorrows, the life of happiness and unhappiness will continue. Once I consider that to be just happening as per the nature of this prakriti, and I am indifferent to it because it is happening as per my own dharma. Why I do what I do? Because that is my nature. I like music, I'll go to concerts, you invite me for dance parties, I'll be very reluctant. Should I be upset about that by myself? I said, no, other people may be upset that I'm not taking part. I shouldn't be upset about it. So when I act according to my own dharma and accept the outcome, I will be in a state of sorrowlessness. So he then gave us the prescription that this is the secret. It's very, very simple and easy. Whatever your capacity Do not wait till you achieve that great spiritual strength. Or don't wait till you have achieved all that you can offer. The method we have learned in previous chapter is yagna. Do activities in the spirit of yagna for the greater good. Then I come to the conclusion that by doing greater good, I need to have a lot of wealth. Well, I cannot remove all the poverty in this world if I was Bill Gates then I could have done it. But Bhagavan said, you don't wait to do that. You don't wait to understand and achieve all that. Start wherever you are. Whatever the little capacity you have to understand. As long as you are convinced that that's the only way to get happiness, then start from there. There's a patram, pushpam, phalam, toyam, yome, bhakta, prayachari. Whatever a devotee with a clear goal of identifying with the self offers, I accept. In other words, I give reward to those actions. Whatever your capability, mental, intellectual, physical, just offer it to me. This is the technique is very simple. You continue doing what you're doing, but do it for me. Sarva Krishnarpanam, Yad Karosi, Yadasnasi, Yad Jihosi, Yad Dadasi. Whatever you do, you do it for me. And we think, how oh, that is going to help. Well, it does help. As soon as you have decided this is for Bhagwan that I'm doing it, even I'm practicing medicine for Bhagwan, you will not be able to do anything which is illegal, unlawful, unethical. So yesterday we were Sarat Purnima. So Mina was making typical Sarat Purnima, Dut Pamwa and Pataka Vada. So I said, well, you are only offering this dutpama, why not this vada also? They said, oh, no, no, there is onions and garlic in it. So I can offer it to Bhagawan. Now, if you remember, if we will only cook in our house, what did we offer to Bhagawan? We won't have the dal vada, right? Dal vada won't be there because there are onions in it. I said, why don't you make it without any well, You can't have dal vada without onions. If you use the same logic, then now I'm going to say, I'm going to cook everything for Bhagawan then only thing which you consider sattvic you will cook. I'm only going to offer all my accents to Bhagavan. Then only thing which you consider a good accents you will do. You will refrain from doing anything which is illogical, 
unethical, inappropriate, because now you're not doing for yourself. Right now we do it because we think it's okay. I'm doing it for myself and this is the only way I can survive. You go to India, people tell you right away, you have to give money here. It won't work here. Because we think it's okay. Everybody's doing it. I'm an instinct of survival. That I'm doing all the bad things. We look at all these campaigns. They are having all this negative. Well, you have to do it. Otherwise, you won't be get, you won't get elected. So that excuse will go away from you when Bhagavan said, everything is you're doing for me. And he said, if you do that, then... The next verse says, Subha asubha phala evam mokse se karma bandhanehi. You will be liberated from the good and evil results or bondage of actions. Because I was doing something with an expectation of how that will help me or benefit me, there will be either good result or bad result. And then I'm bound by it. But I was just doing it for Bhagwan. Then say, Bhagavan will be bound by it, not for me. Bhagavan, therefore, you will be liberated from those good and bad results. The only entity which is get bound by the actions is ego. I get hurt when things don't go my way. I get hurt when people don't praise me. So, if that ego is not there, there is no one there to get hurt. Sannyasa yoga yuktatma vimukto mam upaisyasi. Sannyasa and yoga, the one who has achieved both the sannyasa and yoga. We have learned this in first eight chapters of the definition of sannyasi and yogi. Sannyasi is the one who has given us the sense of agency. I am the doer. Right now, who is the doer? Not my body, not my mind, not my intellect, my ego. Whatever I do, I consider I is the doer. Ahamkar through ahankar. That ahankar says, I am the doer. He said, I am the doer when that agency is given up. Then I am not the doer. I am just an instrument of doing for the Supreme. I am a sannyasi. And how did I get to that point? Yoga Yuktatma. By practicing that there is no expectation for karma phala. One who has given up the expectations for the results of actions is a yogi. There are two simple definitions we have learned so far in Bhagavad Gita. I start out by saying, whatever I'll do, I'll do my best. And whatever comes, I'll accept it as a prasad. Then I will not be bound by my own actions. So that's a yogi. I don't want to sit in meditation pause. I don't want to go to Himalayas. I don't want to wear saffron clothes. Nobody has to come and bow down to me. As long as I have decided that that's how I'm going to be doing it. Now I'm a yogi. I'm not expecting any predetermined results from my actions. Nama Yoga Yukta. Once you become Yoga Yukta, you automatically become sannyasi. There is no sense of agency now. There's a one who has achieved this mastery of how to act in this world. He is vimuktaha. He is now liberated from all the sorrows. Mam Upaisyasi. And he comes to me. Comes to me, he identifies with me. Devotion is love for the divine, and love is nothing but identification. When do I consider myself to be in love? When I completely identify with that person. If I can't identify with that person, you are not in love. Let me tell you that. So Bhagavan said, such a person will come to me. He will now become one with me, become 
the same as I am. Samo aham sarvabhuteshu name desyo asti napriya. This statement is almost like a universal statement in all religions. And this is not really a statement that Bhagwan is is giving you some consolation that look, I'm really equal to everybody. This is a statement of fact. Bhagwan is just making a statement of fact that samo aham sarvabhuteshu. I'm same to all beings. My relationship to all beings is exactly same. It's not that he's closer to me, he's my father and my mother and my friend, but to evildoers, he's just shunning them. And then I'm same to all. My relationship with them is exactly same as with a good person to a bad person to an evil person to. Because the very fact that I exist because he exists. This world exists because he exists. It's only my perception of plurality which creates this notion of he is separate than I am. We have seen these analogies over and over again. What is the relationship of a bangle to the gold into the earring to the gold? It's the same relationship. The inherent ingredients which makes bangle a bangle and earring an earring is the same. So my relation to my Lord is same as your relationship to your Lord because He is the essence, everything. Samoham Sarva Bhuteshu. Therefore, I am same to all. Name Desya Asti Na Priyaha. I'm not hateful to one. No one is dear to me. Because it is my own self, Bhagwan says. How can I be different to each other? I am same to all my limbs in my body. I love my right hand as much as I love my left hand. I love my left leg as much as I love my right leg. Even though one is broken, another is pretty intact. Because it is me alone. There cannot be any other relationship but that of Samoham Sarvabhuteshu. Ye bhajanti tumam bhaktya maite tesucha api aham then what is the difference between the one who is suffering and cursing Bhagavan and saying, look, you are not paying attention to me. The one says, oh Lord, thank you very much. It's the one who has identified with me. E bhajanti tu maam bhaktya. Those devotees who are worshipping me does not mean that he gets up early morning and does puja. One who identifies with me. One who has resolved that I cannot exist without the consciousness functioning through me and everything else is the equipment to this consciousness. My body, my mind, my intellect, they are just instrument. I, the consciousness, is using this instrument at its capacity to function in this world. That identification is the bhakti. E bhajanti tumam bhakti. Mai I am in them. In the beginning he said, they are in me, I am not in them. Then he said, even they are not in me. Because as long as there is a duality, there is no connection. As long as I can't recognize the gold in, in the gold bangle, there is no connection between gold and a bangle. I think it's just a roll gold. One day actually, I found an earring here. 
I was going to go and throw in garbage can because I thought it must be one of these girls must have those fake earrings. After all, I said, well, I, let me just ask Meena. So I asked Meena. I said, oh, no, this is mine. You know, this is one. I was looking for it. And suddenly the whole relationship to that earring and the garbage disappeared. It was going to go in garbage just about a few minutes ago because that identification took place. So Bhagavan said, those who identify, I am in them. As long as you don't recognize, there is no, no relationship. If my great-great-great-grandfather show up here, I have no relationship with him. I don't know him. But then he says, look, your father was this, and then his father was this, and that. I'm your great-great-grandfather. Or now I have suddenly developed a relationship. We have identified with him. Bhagavan in the same way. As long as I don't identify with him, there is no relationship with I and Bhagavan. Once I identify, there's a direct relationship. So therefore he said, Maite, I'm in them, and Tesucha Apiham, and they are in me. Once I have identified that the cup made of ice immersed in water, there is water inside the cup, there is water outside the cup, and cup itself is water. The relationship is established. As long as I can't make the relationship between that water and ice, there is no relationship. So Bhagavan said, one who has identified with me, I am in them and they are in me. And then he makes a very profound statement saying, api su durachara bhajate mam ananya bhag. So what is the qualification do I have to have to identify? And mostly we say, well, people who are very pious and who are doing good deeds, they're the only ones who will achieve Bhagawan. Everybody else will just suffer. Bhagawan said, no, anyone, even up till now, person was doing everything wrong. But once he has recognized his self, once he recognized what is his real dharma, then sadhu eva samantavyaha, you have to consider him good person. He may not have achieved this goodness yet, but when he makes a resolve that now onward, I'm only going to do that. It's a reformed criminal. See, that's why all these reform institutes, even though most people will say, well, keep them out of my neighborhood. That's the worst thing you can do to a society because you are not giving them a chance to reform themselves. There was a long time ago, there a movie called Doa Ke Barahat. That was probably one of those reform thoughts. So Bhagavan said, you have to give him enough credit for resolving that this is the right knowledge. Apichet Sudurad, such a person may be the greatest among evil doers. But one who is Bajatemam Ananyabhai, now he has resolved that I am identifying with that Supreme alone. There is no other identification. Then Sadhu Eva Samantavyaha, Samyak Vyavasito Hi Saha. Because he has rightly resolved, he must be considered a good person. Somebody has done something 20 years ago. Does it really matter? Yes, it does, as long as he still continues to do it. But if he has rightly resolved, then Bhagavan said is very, very clear. You have to ignore all that he has done in his past. Just focus on his present and encourage him to get where he wants to be. We will stop right here. 
सर्वे भवन्तु सुखिना सर्वे संतु निरामया सर्वे भद्राणि पश्यन्तु मा कश्चित् दुख भाग भवे ओम शांति 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 हरि हियो श्री गुरुभ्यो नमः हरि हियो